How are you guys doing? This episode is sponsored by Field of Greens and Ghost Bed. Well, I hope you guys are having a fantastic... Uh, actually, it's going to be a later episode. I, I just got back in from Vegas. Unfortunately, I had to fly to Vegas for 24 hours or so, which if you guys have not been to Vegas, it's one of the dirtiest, nastiest, awesome cities on planet Earth. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not bang. I, I really want to go. I told you this. He's only here for another week or so. And I keep saying, let's just, let's just say, fucking, let's just go to Vegas tomorrow. Let's go to right now. I'll literally hop on another plane yeah, and go back. The to podcast Vegas. quality would diminish... Tremendously, yes. Oh, yeah. It would be all over the fucking oh, place. It would get way better. We do it from the fucking blackjack table and yeah. be like, what in the fuck is going on? It would be entertaining. Here? It would be definitely. And I know myself being Australian and the way I'm inclined, I'd be cancelled within about 15 minutes. We can actually go to the Australian down under, or the down under, the Thunder down under. We don't want that shit. Is yeah. that like naked dudes? Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, visit, they visit Australia a little bit too. Do they really? Yeah, oh, they, okay. they're either Thunder down under or the hot shots. I think they're, yeah. the, I don't remember the hot shots. I think they like take their dongs and they take them like, they make them into like, Big helicopters. Yeah, I can't do that. I can't do that. I'm too small for that. <laughs> so uh, there's the Ukraine is being Ukraine right now. It's probably one of the, the weirdest times we've seen in the last 12 months. I know a lot of you guys and gals are there like, what is going on in the, what is going on in Ukraine? I don't know. We're hanging in limbo. Like we're in, a, everybody that like, covers this thing is literally sitting in limbo right now. It is, is absolutely insane. Like I'm looking at, I can, I, you know, I can literally pull up mapping. Let's do that right quick. Look, I can literally pull up some mapping right quick. Well, the whole thing is, if everyone it knows just, that an offensive is looming. We don't know when. Or where. Or where. When it's going to happen. There's a lot of people who have no idea about this stuff, including myself, who are drawing, like, oh, the offensive's going to come this direction, drawing arrows. I'm like, when did you ever do, like, C-map, I-map in the military and, like, like planning operations? And I'm like, I could maybe do an operation for eight dudes. But, like... Yeah. These people, they're talking these massive combined arms movements and they're a blogger online. Like, I don't even try and get into, like, <laughs> what could happen because I'm like, I don't oh, know yeah. because I've never commanded above eight guys on the ground. And it's funny, but the thing is, everyone knows and the posturing on the ground is funny because Russia, they yeah, they're still in somewhat an offensive posture in some areas, but that's a small percentage on the front line. The main posturing across the front line is going into defensive. And you see things like the ISW and lots of reporting of Russia deploying various units, various troops onto the front line in defensive positions, you know, digging new trenches, reinforcing trenches, because they know, all of us know that Ukraine needs to launch an offensive soon. And there's been Kirby, what's his name, is the US like SecDef or one of them. Um, he talks about that it needs to come sooner rather than later. And, and it does because... You know, Ukraine need a win. The front line's been so stagnant for so long now. And, you know, so much money's going to Ukraine that they need to start being like, yeah, look, we're taking this ground, we're doing it. Because when the support's the highest for Ukraine is things like when they're winning. You know, Kherson, Kharkiv, Kiev, when they when they were pushing back, it's huge support because it's like, hey, look, we can actually achieve this, we can do it. Now, I don't doubt that that can happen, but we know that that's looming and Ukraine isn't want to send in a heap of this uh, materials, vehicles, people, because they need to save these people for the offensives, these vehicles for the offensives. Hence why we haven't seen any of these, you know, Western armoured vehicles on the front lines yet. And Russia's building... So at the moment, we're just sort of hanging in limbo, except for a few areas like Bakhmut, Avdivka, areas like that. You know, back, you'll probably speak this more, but Bakhmut, you know, Russia is taking more and more ground day to day. It's very small ground. You know, Wagner Group there. But... You know, at the end of that, they are taking some, and we've seen them cross the Bumbutka River. They're pushing from south to north, north to south, and closing that pincer. Now, what we don't know is the exact posture and how many 
uh, Ukrainian soldiers are within Bakhmut because a lot of rumour is that it was being held more by territorial defence and they got swapped out to more full-time units and back and forth. So I really couldn't say what's there. But what we do know is Bakhmut for both sides has a lot of symbolic value and has been a bloodbath for both sides as well. But it does have a lot of symbolic value. And part of the strategy is symbolic value too. That people talk about symbols and you think a symbol is just this stands for that. Well, somewhat. But something that's symbolic can also be strategic. Because if it's symbolic of, you know, Ukraine holding this and defeating the Russians in this area, that symbolic reason has then a lot of strategic value in things like morale. So that's why we're seeing you know, areas like that being held so tightly. I'm actually looking at Bakhmut's weather right now and over the next, basically until you leave here, it's going to be showers and yep. raining. So it's raining the entire next week and it's going to be wet. Now um, it's yeah. almost getting an inch of rain in the next week. That and we've just seen massive snowfall. Snow. So snow Charles can chuck in some videos of this where we're seeing, like I'm not, a, I'm not a snow bunny myself. I don't know what two feet of snow on the ground looks like, inch of snow. I don't know how much it would actually be. But you see these guys in the trenches and it looks like a foot of snow. Yeah, it's so, absolutely insane. So, so the next week is going to be exceptionally wet. Yeah. And this is how to tell if you're seeing footage from Buckwood recently yeah. or older. Because I saw a video today of a um, the right. people claiming a Ukrainian tocker to... Taking out of Avansky the area. Taking out an area. And it's like people yeah. going, hey, that's at least a few days old. So yeah. it's it's hard to tell. But we know... You know, I haven't actually worked in the snow that much. When I first got to Afghanistan, it was you know, snowing. It was very cold. The first time I ever saw snow... Was as a twenty year old, a twenty year old man in Afghan. I've never seen snow in my life. Like shocking, you're from Australia. Yeah, um, but this does have massive implications for like things like urban movements, you know, troop morale, and just you know, overall attrition on the front line too. You know, we're seeing a lot of troops from you know this war frozen to death in trenches. So it's World War One, World War One and Two. It's crazy. I, I want to. Uh, I, I'm actually going to pull up some of this, some of this mapping that's actually happening on the ground because it's. I, I don't know. I don't know. So junk science. That's what the doctors have been calling many of these fruit and vegetable supplements over the past few years. Now junk science, they they say it's because they're they're only using the extracts from common produce department fruits and vegetables with very few health benefits. Now I take Field of Greens because it is the whole organic fruit and vegetable, not like watered down supplements. It's the entire thing, and it's backed by your better health. Promise. That's a big deal. Better health promise. Each ingredient inside a field of greens was actually scientifically chosen to support vital organs like your heart, your lungs, and your kidneys. Others support my immune system, my blood pressure, my metabolism, and healthy weight loss is very, very, very important because I don't eat healthy all the time. I'm on the go. I'm traveling. I'm going a million miles a minute, so I don't have time to go down and, and make sure I'm eating the amount of fruit and vegetables I need. But you guys know what? The best proof is going to be in when you guys go to your next doctor checkup and say, whatever you guys are doing, it's working. Keep it up. So let me get you started right now at 15% off. Go to fieldofgreens.com and use promo code ROB. You guys can get 15% off by going to fieldofgreens.com. Use promo code ROB. It's very, very simple to be linked at the very top of the description. Go check them out. Take them every day. They'll make yourself feel a lot better. You'll feel better inside. And you're just, you'll thank me. I promise you guys. Go check them out. They'll be linked at the very top of the description. Nailed it. I've been talking to Yuri also through DMs a little bit. You know, Yuri, that's over there. Everybody knows Yuri. Oh, I have a guy coming on, by the way. He might be here when you're here. Yeah, oh, no, look at this guy. This guy just had a, he just, he just absolutely uh, ate a 40 mic mic round of the face. Oh. He lives here in Dallas. Um, guy right here. You heard of him? Bryce uh, Binghamton? No. You heard of him? No. He's from here. He's coming here. He'll be here next week. He ate a 40 mic mic round of the face. Look at his face. 
Took out his oh, eye. I've seen that photo, actually. Yeah, so yeah. that guy's going to be on the podcast wow. next week. So I'm hoping he's going to be in here. He's got to go to Chicago first to get eye surgery to see if he can replace. His eye's gone, I guess, Damn. pretty much. But he's going to come on. So you guys will actually get some stuff on the green. He, he literally ate a 40 mic mic round in a trench. Um, and there's a video. Matter of fact, we could put some of it on screen of, of this. Actually, I got this. This is it's it's good. It's actually, everybody's seen it. It's uh the trench. Have you guys seen the new? Oh, God. Hold on. I got to find this. You haven't seen this? Throw right there. This won't stop till you come out. Granada. All this, this all just started coming out. Yeah. Okay. So he's gonna be yeah. on. The, he's gonna be on here. Battles and bees. This is really good. Yeah, bees so and battles. What is it? Bees and battles. Battles. Battles and bees. Yeah, yeah battles and bees. Anyway, he's gonna be on here, which is which is great. Yeah, this one here. Oh, yeah, so anyway, really random. Um, anyway, let's go back to let's go back to the map and piece. So this is pretty much what's going on inside of Bakhmut itself. You know what else makes me feel good about that, Charles? Is we have people that are actually inside of Ukraine watching this, which makes me feel good about my life. I'm doing something halfway decent. We flew in an Australian man, spent all this money to have Charles here, and people are watching us in Ukraine as they sit inside of a trench and getting snowed on and pissed on. But I do appreciate all you guys over there. Look at this. See this mapping? How does that make you feel? If you were to take yeah, a gander, though, how do you how do you, how do you feel about this? I'm not really too shocked that this pocket down here finally closed, and yeah. this one right here closed. Well, it's becoming more and more isolated. That yes. Awesome. Now you were talking about this uh, before we actually hopped on here. The amount of Russian soldiers are throwing into this thing right now, mm -hmm. comparatively speaking to the decent amount of like I would say decently trained Ukrainian soldiers. Do you think that it's worthwhile still sitting here holding this pocket? I think now you, they have to. So I if they're holding this pocket, is I it think for I a reason. Two months ago. There was that which they probably should have been like, look, we're pulling out, but I don't know the actual standing on the ground at the time. But now that they've you know vowed to defend it, they sort of have to roll through with you know defending it. But we also don't know the exact casualty numbers on either side of this. And what are they doing it because they're going to actually push through here at some different points? I don't know. I think it's more that if Bakhmut was to fall. Then but, the well, ground the becomes that, on you can't Russia's that because favor. It, it, it's going to fall no matter what at this current pace. There's absolutely no way uh, the Ukrainians can yeah. maintain it. There's no, there's no fucking feasible way on planet Earth at the current pace. Yeah, we well, probably still got at least a few weeks. I'm telling you, I can wait a week from now. And guess what? If there's no offensive movement that happens by the Ukrainians instead of Bakhmut, guess what's going to happen? Mm. Another pocket's going to close. It's fucking impossible. Well, it's, it's closing pockets. Yes, yeah. it's it's going to continue to do this. It's just going to slowly collapse yeah. and collapse. And the Russians don't give a because they're just going to throw more men at the fire. That's what I'm asking you. Yeah. Are they holding this pocket? Because to me, it's fucking asinine being mm. a leader to sit there and hold a pocket if yeah. you have no further idea to regain it. That's no, I agree. You see what I'm saying? Like, oh no, no, I I completely agree. I think I think holding back boot personally was the wrong decision. But at the end of the day, I don't know the actual makeup of the troops on the ground. And that said, you know, Zelensky has said as well, and this isn't the exact quote, but it was an open road into further into the Don, on Donbass from there, that if it was to fall, how does that actually then look? Is it, if it does, if they were to give up that pocket, does it instantly collapse that front line through Chesivyar, maybe Kramatorsk? I don't think so. Why the f I don't know. Why would I do that? I Why don't know. Well, they talk about that at that open road, and there is high ground right on the west side of Buckman. This is what's been so... Like, successful at being defended was all the guns in defilade position being able to hit Buckman and, and get the Russians where it, yeah if it does fall it could be really bad and we know now it seems like Ukraine's gone all in like they put all their chips into holding Buckman but now if it's like hey we're pulling out 
then it, it it's like, well, what's going on now? So I don't think it should have been held, but that's just my personal opinion based on watching the war from 6,000 miles away as an arsehole on the internet. But, uh, but at the same time, we know that the amount of troops killed here is absolutely insane. At least you admit you're an arsehole. I've also talked to a lot of people who say one of the big issues is they can't get out the armour in there at the moment. They've got a lot of armoured vehicles in there too that they can't move out. So they sort of need to hold it or they're going to lose a lot more equipment and a lot of people. So, But that, that still doesn't make... What I just said two minutes ago, mm. you holding this little pocket yeah. week after week after week as it collapses on you is not a smart idea. It makes no sense whatsoever. And, I, and there, there, there can't be... A per, like that's what I'm saying. There has to be another objective here. Yeah. Just holding this fucking pocket is not the fucking core. Well, the objective. objective just could be that hey, we're killing so many Russians in this area, we need to keep it. But then that goes that, that goes against what you just said. They're, they're staying there because the fucking armor can't leave. Yeah. Then that just yeah. kills that fucking entire. Well, I know. Well, that, that's what the I, only reasons I can think. They of. can't fucking move. They can't get artillery pieces in there with enough fucking ammunition. Yeah. That's another thing I've heard, which I don't really know how much that has to do with holding off an area more than possibly pushing in for an offensive. But the thing is, if they were to push through on an offensive, it would be on the northern side of that area. But the other problem is, is they've given up really good trenches to the Russians now. Yeah. Like exceptionally good trenches on the northern side of the... Yeah. Of well, defense, defensives that have held yes. for eight months. Are now in control. Yes. So it's a, now I'm asking you, Do what you the, the fuck is the fucking point of it at this point? I don't know. I'm not I, I've around. asked myself that for a long time. Is is there something about Bakhmut that we don't know? There has to be. That is meaning it's so much more important. Charles, how, Charles has been here fucking every day with me, and you guys have as well. How long have I been saying? How? What is the point of Bakhmut? I I'm think they've just built. I think they've just built this as like a, a symbol of the war now. That both sides, you'll hear, or the Russian side to call it Atomovsk, whatever they call it, Ukraine call it Bakhmut, and that they've almost built this as like a pedestal of success, and it's like well. Even if it was to fall, it's not a pedestal. Yeah, but you can't fucking win a war by kind of claiming one city. I know. That's like the no, like I know. most acid. But I think it's been seen that, that it's sort of being built up as like. But I can't be the only one that. I don't, I don't watch a lot of people's fucking content about Ukraine. I just mm. don't do it anymore. Because I just. No, it, I mean, it, it drives me fucking insane because I have to deal with it every day anyway by researching. So I don't even know what everybody else is saying. I can't be the only guy that's on fucking YouTube right now. It's like, you know what? Bakhmut was fucking stupid. This is dumb now. Mm. I get it. Lots of people have been killed, but what is the objective yeah <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not laughing because it's fucking funny i'm laughing because yeah. it's stupid at this point what the fuck is the objective there's got to be guys in the ground i guarantee to you there is ukrainians on the ground right now asking what is our objective right now there's plenty of videos of that what what is what the fuck is our is there is there a lot of videos of this right now what the fuck is our objective right now i need to know yeah what the fuck are we doing here yeah i can't be, i mean I'm, I'm if i was on the ground i'd literally be sooner i get it we gotta hold it but please tell me what happens after we fucking hold it? Because that house over there, I'm not going to be hold it for the next two days or so before yeah. they fucking start shelling the piss out of it and i got to move back. Well, it's not like that. Like, it's keep you, at the end of the day, we talk about this city, this city. At the end of the day, they're holding a flattened city. You see any photos of Buckwood at the moment? It, Every building's been shelled. Every, it's it, it's a now just a piece of earth that used to be that. And I know that sounds I don't even know why I'm terrible. I know it's people's right. homes, but it's, yeah. It, personally to me, I don't see why. They're holding it, but I've heard a lot of reasons about it, and I don't know. But the main one that's running on the Ukrainian side is that it's an area where they can kill so many Russians, they're having such a big effect on the Russians that you know it's worth it's worth them holding it to wear down the forces. But the Russians also claim the same thing. The Russians, you'll see, hey, we're not we're not closing that uh, north and south pincer to the west. 
we're not going to close those roads because Ukraine keeps sending people in and we'll keep killing them. Yeah. Well, so that, that's that's what they keep saying. But I don't know which side it is. If you if you guys are hanging out here in America or in another country, they don't have to worry about sleeping in a trench. I'm gonna tell you guys right now, Willie's a hot sleeper. If you guys are regularly waking up sweating and you guys are not able to go back to sleep, I got I got something for you guys. You guys are not alone. Willie is struggling with his life because <laughs> he doesn't he's never had a ghost bed. He's struggling. So if you guys don't have it. Your betting actually plays a massive role in this where a ghost bed is actually going to help you guys out a ton. It's a family-owned company that makes the coolest beds inside of the world. Yes, the coolest, as in to your skin, to your touch. They've been designing cooling matches for the last 20-plus years with signature materials and technology that actually helped thousands of people across the United States get the sleep they actually deserve. So from their signature ghost ice fabric to patenting technologies that adjust with your body temp, every ghost bed mattress is designed with cooling in mind. We love ghost beds here. I'm going to tell you guys right now, if you guys want to get 40% off right now, it's a limited time only. Check them out. They'll be in the very top description. All you guys can do is go to uh, ghostbed.com forward slash Rob. Take advantage of this thing. You also get two free pillows for free. Why wouldn't you want to get, why wouldn't you want to try this out? All you got to do is go to ghostbed.com forward slash Rob. Use promo code Rob. That's all you got to do. It's that easy. 40% off all Ghostbed mattresses right now. Hey, check them out the link at the very top of the description. Kicking it back over to Russia. One of the most crazy things has actually happened inside of Russia as of late. I, I'm not going to call it an assassination attempt because it was actually a completion. It was a completion. I, mean, I, I wouldn't call that an attempt by any means. Um, I was calling I, it an attempt. No, I just that's oh, the first thing that came right, yeah. to my mind. I was it's say, like that suicide bomber kills one. Like, yeah. sh- <laughs> so it takes to just the qualification of yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he was a suicide. Yeah, I get it. But you're, you, I know I was on a flight when this, actually, I started my flight and I ended it and pretty much, this is all I've got is what you're about to tell me on what's happened with it. Yeah. I've seen the video. So a very prominent figure in the mill blogging yes. space, you know, Vladan Tatarsky has been killed in St. Petersburg. St. Petersburg is the second biggest city. Which is crazy Russia. that it happened all the way up there. Yeah, sort of to so the east of like Finland. Not even like... I, you want to go down a rabbit hole? We can yeah. go down an absolute insane rabbit hole here on... on Look, still far west of the country. Which is not even close to Ukraine, which makes you think, how did it even get in there? It's not too far. It's not like some place in Russia. You know what I mean? There's a lot of... But you got to remember that if you're a Russian person, you'd be... You, the waters, like, imagine you were just a Russian person. You know, I know you like making money, you like things, and they've just gone, well, okay, Rob, your YouTube, you own USD, and YouTube, that's gone. You can't earn a cent. And your rubles in the bank is now worth 50% of what it was. And you can't fix your Mercedes and blah, 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 blah. There's a lot of reason to be fucking shitty at the I, government. I don't have a Mercedes, by the way. No, you don't have a Mercedes. <laughs> You're on that American car I have train. American car. Not the German train. <laughs> should get on the German train. No, but actually, that's not a good, that's not a good sentence. No. Get on the German train. <laughs> Just oh, of my that. God. Damn. Oh, that was terrible. Yeah. Get on the German train is the worst sentence that ever <laughs> yeah. came out of your mouth. That yeah, is shit. terrible. Man, as long as it's not going to Poland. Wow. Uh, <laughs> anyway, he was at an event. Now, it's ring rumored. I don't have confirmation on the where this event was being held, like the cafe sort of area. is actually owned by Yvonne Prigozhin, who oh, owns yeah. Wagner Group. So they're there, and they're you know up talking shit. They've got a photo of him with guns behind him. He's a, he's a propaganda blog we've seen this on both sides they exist and a lady walks up there's a photograph of her now can't confirm that it's her either and literally hands him a figurine and there's a video of him like looking at this thing oh you know whatever and there's no footage of the explosion except for an outside cctv camera but the figurine reportedly from the uh russian police had 200 grams of dynamite in it and has exploded and actually killed him and there's a video of where it's blown up inside and it 
yeah, it's killed him. So it's just been very wild. But there's a lot of conspiracy about this because I had some people reach out to me being like, this is weird because yes, he's a pro-Russian blogger and has not, and he's very supportive of this invasion of Ukraine, but he's also been, you know, very vocal against the Kremlin and calling out figures and whatever, especially when you know, the, the Kharkiv counteroffensive in Ukraine, which I believe was September, really, really the first big move we've seen, you know, of Russia losing a lot of ground very quickly and it folded like very quickly. And he was very vocal about absolute f***-ups in this. And I had a friend reach out to me and was saying this, you know, well, on the surface it absolutely looks like, you know, a attack from these, you know, partisans working inside Russia. Or it could be, a what he said, a clean-up on the Russian side so to eliminate this. And we've seen plenty of elimination of, you know, prominent journalist figures, political figures throughout Russia before. Heaps of it. Yeah, but so, they usually find themselves out of a window. It happens lots of ways. You find yourself with um, Novichok as well. Yeah. That bloody um, chemical that they can kills you on service for like mm. years. Yeah. The, we won't go down that rabbit hole of um, certain chemical weapons, but Russia's chemical programs are insane because there was a defect. I've gone down the rabbit hole. I, actually, I don't even open up my mail though. Doesn't I don't know. Who so it's I, had few, I had a few. I had a couple of guys. <laughs> I'm always worried. Like I can't open up this package. It says I don't know who it's from. I'm like, yeah. away. I had a couple of guys come on who work in. Um, I don't know, you guys, they're uh, SOAs, they're special operations engineers, who do all the um, chemical, biological stuff for the military. It feels like, yeah, very high end guys. And we know a lot of, the, of Russia's chemical capability and biological capabilities because there was a defector um, in the sort of early 90s, a defector came across and basically told the US, hey, this is what we've got, this is what we've developed. And apparently the US was like, holy fucking shit, like we're not even close to that. And we've seen people killed in Britain with Novichok, which was insane. They've, had a chemical weapon kill a Russian figure in the UK like that. And people like that got buried quickly and that, that's a big deal. But Russia loved to have that plausible deniability. But either way, yeah, he's been killed in St. Petersburg and they're saying that it's a, well, from Russian sources, saying the Noda of Laden Tatarsky in the centre of St. Petersburg is not just a spit in the face of the Russian special services and the authorities of our president's hometown, um, but with a running, but the started, oh my God, I can't even read. But with him executed brazenly and boldly, the terrorist attack in the country's second largest city, another proof there is no safe rear. And we've seen this more and more is, you know, these attacks further and further into Russia can are becoming more a thing. You know, we've seen this, we've seen missiles going further in. There's, there's a lot of this and it's getting fucking wild. But I'm surprised that we haven't seen more guerrilla warfare in this war because like, it would not be that difficult on either side with intelligence agencies, fake passport, whatever, get in, blow something up, kill someone. Like I'm, I'm surprised we're not seeing more of it. But we do know there's a lot of partisans working in Russia. There's partisans in Ukraine too. There's Russian partisans in Ukraine. When me and Charles were up in Kharkiv Oblast, uh, when we were going to this area, people like, you can't go there because a lot of the civilians left there are partisans for Russia and they will call in your grid reference to the artillery pieces. They will shoot at you out of a window with a weapon, all this shit. That it's fucking wild there. You can't go there. Our front line's in front of it, and they go behind it. We can't go to this place. Um, but we've also seen attacks in Russia from Russians who are partisans of Ukraine. So they are Russians. They're pro-Russia. Like, they're pro the Russian Federation, but anti-Putin, anti-the Kremlin. So they're working against the government from the inside. 
And that's most likely probably what it is, but it's why a lot of people have lost a lot. But, you know, I'm surprised we're not seeing more terrorist attacks. You know, I've seen, you know, we know Russia has not killed a single HIMARS system. None. They claim they have, and they've probably hit some of the inflatable systems. Because, um, you know, I think it's Denmark sending in a heap of inflatable, inflatables, which work. Like, you're looking at something from a drone, you're like, you fucking bomb that. Um, and it's just a bloody hot air balloon. But they, at least to our understanding, have not killed a HIMARS system. But I've seen them heaps. And you know, I'm not giving anything away here that people don't know. I can't believe that you wouldn't be, like, sending some fucking crack team somewhere just a rocket launcher and sit on a road for a week and you'll see one. Like, you know, it's one of those things, or vice versa. So... I'm surprised we're not seeing more of it with, you know, people losing more. But the thing is, terrorist attacks can have a very different... Because like they say in this, that there's no safe rear. That makes people, you know, scared. Terrorist attacks can go one of two ways. So you'd hope that it's like, hey, why are they attacking in St. Petersburg, in Moscow? Uh, we need to end the war, finish the Kremlin. Or it can be positioned very differently of like, hey, you know how um, the Kremlin is saying the Kiev are terrorists? they are Nazis, they are whatever, then does it reaffirm that? Can the media and the government spin it in that way? So it's it's very difficult with with attacks like this, but it, it's a wild thing for him to be wiped out. Wild. I did, I did also see that. I don't think I actually put it in the notes. The um, Belarus is actually moving more nukes on the Poland side. Did you see this? Yeah, Russian nukes. nukes yeah, moving. right, that's what I meant, yeah. yeah. Russian, I didn't actually look too much into it because... I don't, there's literally no difference on keeping it on the western side or the eastern side of Belarus. There, what difference no. is there? No, no difference. No, I mean, like Russia's a nuclear capable state from submarine. It doesn't really they matter. They could be floating off the coast Super here somewhere if they really wanted. I know that there's not a lot going on with China as well. They're just, same thing over Taiwan. I know, I just, I did a quick little peek here. It's almost like everything right now is like comparative to last year. This time last year, we were able to make two videos a day, 100%, because there was so much movement going on all over the world. And now it's like, well, the China-Taiwan one's really interesting. I'm not sure how much you've looked into that. And I should say I'm not, I'm not an expert, but I have a few I'm gonna say a few much. mates who, who actually go to Taiwan to film and whatever. I think Taiwan, the whole Taiwan deal is going to happen. Really? I personally do at some point. Yeah. If America is not showing its teeth a bit more. America doesn't show its teeth. Not anymore. Because you haven't. Exactly it's because America hasn't won a war for so long. They have to show <laughs> their, their damn teeth at some yeah. point. Well, have you, have you heard the whole thing about the million man swim to take Taiwan? That the, the the best breakdown I've ever seen of Taiwan is we know China could bomb it to sh- they could nuke it, but they're yeah. not they're not gonna do that. At the end of the day, they reckon it would take a million man army to actually clear Taiwan, like take Taiwan. Which sounds about right, you know. And what this guy did was he's like, Well, how are you gonna land these guys? Taiwan's incredibly hilly. So you can't land them you can't paratroop these guys in. They can't jump in. Uh, so it's really the option's really down to amphibious assault. And what he did was he was like, right, these are the Chinese warships. Let's take every soldier, takes up with gear, four square feet of room. And he's like, okay, we put all these soldiers on the boats, even at once with amphibious landing craft, assuming that even a Chinese bloody battle cruiser just has men on it, that they still can't get the amount of men landed at any one point to actually have that much success because there's only a few areas that would actually be very open to a major amphibious assault. His whole thing was they just don't have the numbers to do that. So you can't land by air. You're not going to be able, with American Patriot systems and whatever in there, actually landing aircraft, not going to happen. Too far for choppers. So amphib only. And he worked out if everyone takes four square feet, 
if everyone packs on the boats, you're only going to get a quarter million, 300,000 guys, and that's with no armour, no nothing on. And even then, that's assuming everyone can fit on landing craft, which is not going to happen. And they're like, Taiwan would only have to hold off waves of a certain amount of people each time. And they're like, if you could land in waves of 20,000 on one of a few beaches you could actually do it on, hey, they're going to have a pretty good chance of doing it. And amphibious assaults with modern weapons are just out the window. Like, amphibious assaults were outdated when we were doing them back in the day. And you see that, you look at places like Normandy, Gallipoli, just a bloodbath of just men until you bloody get somewhere on the beach. But, and that, that's what I'm talking about, was are they actually going to do it? Like, the theory of the million man swim is to do it, you need all million men to swim across. So, it's it's very difficult if if it would or wouldn't happen. And China's got problems. They can't be rolling the dice with American sanctions. I know China's sanctions would also fuck us pretty hard too, but it would fuck us like, hey, it's bloody expensive and I can't get cheap Chinese stuff. But it's not going to fuck us like, hey, we're just not doing anything. Like, we're going to die. Like, you know, it would still maintain. America and Australian coalition has survived without China before and they'd survive without China. It would just be rough. China would not survive without us. And China's got huge issues around their population because they've lied in a few of their population graphs and their one um, one child policy just fucked them pretty hard too. So huge issues. I, I don't think we'll see it, but I also don't want to say that we never will because you absolutely could. So Taiwan's crazy. So one of the ones I did want to talk about was there's Ivan Rossomakin who is a repeat offender. He was sentenced to nine years, sorry, 10 years in prison in 2020 for murder. Now, he was released last year, signing up to fight for Wagner Group. Wow, okay, I was about to say, we're going down a Wagner hall, aren't we? Yeah. Yeah. Now, he's done his six months minimum, which, in his credit, surviving as a conscripted prisoner into Wagner Group is pretty legit. So, you know, credit to him for that. Um... But within days of returning home, he's been arrested on suspicion of killing, killing an elderly woman. So he murdered someone, went to prison, went to Wagner, survived that. He's gone back home and killed someone within a couple of days of getting there again. So he's Pretty now solid uh, group of people that are actually. He's now going back in. Um, well, he's going back to Wagner. Well, um, Yevgeny Prigozhin has said if a person is behaving aggressively um, or provocatively, if there is any risk, especially um, if he is from the category of former prisons, you need to let us know. We will send out a recruiting group, carefully collect him and send him back to the front to the place where he should take out all of his aggression. So this guy gets away <laughs> with murder? Well, well yeah. he's probably going to get executed. Well, like, the odds of him dying is pretty high, but at the end of the day, yeah, he's pretty much getting away with murder because he's going to go to prison and then we'll pull him back out. So Talk about lawless. What's, this that, is, what's that movie? What's that movie where you get like 24 hours to just kill the purge. purge, yeah. This is like Russia's purge. Not only are they purging with their own people, they just go home. Hey, you know what? You can murder anybody you want. They're also not mating enough, which yeah. Japan's not mating enough. They're not doing the dirty. Japan, South Korea, Russia. They're all struggling. All problems with that. Yeah, I mean, America's even going to have it as here because yeah. we're, we're not as bad. But we're yeah, it's it's not going good. It's not going well. Yeah, I like how you say like it's not as bad. Like we're doing bad, and you are down under. You should be mating a ton. No, we just have massive immigration. To so you will about it. Australia's got pretty pretty large immigration, well, but we've got very tight immigration laws too. A lot of like right wing figures in um, Europe will point at uh, Australia and say, "Hey, 
they've got it right now. I'm not saying I do agree or disagree with that, but they talk that Australia's got it right because it's very hard to immigrate in. But we do have large immigration because a lot of people want to come to Australia. But we're very picky with some times of what we actually so, take. So, so this guy's for sure 100% back on the front already? Well, not 100%. You know, so Prigozhin has just said, um, if it is from the category of former prisoners, let us know. Senate recruiting group will come, and get, will come get him. And he can go back to the front to take out his aggression. Man, it's, it's honestly a good deal. If you're a prisoner, if you're in life, for if you're in jail for life, and I'm telling you now, like I know American prisons are pretty rough. It's nothing like a Russian prison. Like a Russian prison would be insane, man. And if someone comes and be like, hey, you're in here for life, or we can go try and try your luck and get out, I'd be like, yeah, whatever. Like, you know, and he he's well, he killed someone again. But but if he but if he didn't kill someone again, he would have been out. Like, silly, but that's how I do it. But you know, emptying prisons, and this is gonna this is sick. But emptying prisons in wartime is not a bad idea. At the end of the day, you've got a lot of guys who save you a lot of in money. In wartime, too. prisons are incredibly, unbelievably expensive unbelievably expensive you've got a lot of men sitting around doing f- all where hey we can send these guys to the front line too even if it's just digging shitters. like you know at the end of the day a lot of guys sitting around doing f- all so and i'm not saying it's ethical but i can see exactly why they want to do that and why progosian pulled these guys out of prison to go fight in Bakhmut, and that's the reason they've had such high attrition which do you really think the russian federation gives a about these guys they've sent them to this guy, like, you know, he's a repeat offender. He's in jail for murder. Do you really think the state really care about him? If he died in Bakhmut or not? No way. That's why you've sort of got these two distinct elements of Wagner Group. You've got these guys who are like the prison, pretty much the meat. And then you've got the guys who are like legit operators. Who, you know, send out, like, we think there's a machine gun nest over there. Hey, Ivan, you in jail? Go that No, that's his name. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably half the name but like if I head that way machine gun kicks up oh yeah sweet and the actual operator's like we'll go hit that and take it out and that's exactly from the people I've spoken exactly how they're doing it because there are some like apparently very solid operators in Wagner like the old guard of Wagner are very well trained and that they've got all these massive numbers in the tens of thousands of guys they're saying that Wagner could be bigger than some of the militaries in, in places like Latvia Estonia so yeah, it's it's wild man and Wagner has a lot of luck with recruiting from international as well. A Charles lot of luck. is actually thinking about joining. Yeah. Like my camera guy literally sent me an ad. He's like, dude, I think they could pay me more than you can. I said, go ahead. That's if they turned him down. They're like, nah. <laughs> no, no, we can't take it. As well, it's been kicking off everywhere that Russia is now the president of the United Nations, United Nations Security Council, which is wild. Do you know when they were the president last of the UN Security Council? Mm. February. 22. So the president of the UN Security Council when they also invaded Ukraine. And then they're now the president again. So the UN Security Council has 15 countries. How does it even work? Well, well, I'll explain it. They have 15 countries, five of which are permanent members. So it's US, UK, France, Russia, China. They're the permanent members. And they go on just a 15-month rotation through. So it rotates back around April. Russia's back in charge of the UN Security Council. So thing is, they actually can't do anything about this either because, you know, Zelensky's called them out. All of Ukraine's called them out. The US has even said we could do something, but they can't do it because they're a permanent member. There is no way in the UN 
Same as NATO, we can get NATO countries. There's no way to actually get rid of Russia out of the UN Security Council. And I actually think it's... It, people hate me. I think it's a dumb idea, if, even if there was a way to kick them out, to kick them out. Because I think it's a degree of um, keep your friends close, but your enemies closer, that if you do boot them, and you did boot China, then, well, now you've got no leverage. You've got no intel on the inside. So it's, it's difficult. But this doesn't actually really mean anything. Like... The, Russia being the head of the UN security Council means nothing. Like, the position month to month is basically just symbolic of, oh, yeah, they're here. It's like in school when you'd rotate through the kids' mark and the role. They can't do anything. It's like they don't have any power. They're just, you know, doing random shit. But um, for anything to actually happen, all five of the permanent members, which we spoke before, all five of them actually need to agree mm. on that going forward. So, so they can't actually do anything. Yeah. But Russia does have... Uh, the ability to veto things too. So that's probably the one thing they do have is if something comes up, as all five need to agree, well, if the West puts something forward or China puts something forward, Russia can be like, well, we don't agree. So it's not going through. But, you know, it, it's it's very, very different. But on that as well, Finland has become the 31st, the 31st member of NATO. And Turkey's finally sort of let up, which if Russia's plan of this war was to stop NATO advancing east through Europe Didn't and get NATO off their border. Well, Finland, who was a very powerful country before, look at Finland's history with Russia, you know, and has very, very strong connections to a lot of other countries. Finland has now joined NATO, making now a huge border with Russia there too. But Sweden and Finland both put in at the same time to join, but Turkey is still holding up Sweden. As, you know, they all, all other 30 countries have to agree very similar to the UN thing. It's like everyone or nothing. So Turkey's gone through. And we know that Turkey, realistically, should Turkey be in NATO or not? I think if you had another vote now, it would probably up. turn around like with yeah, Erdogan. Because Erdogan's played both sides of this. Mm-hmm. You know, and the whole Turkey thing is very difficult with like, you know, Turkey wanting F-35s and then being denied. No, you're not getting them. Greece getting F-35s. So the Aegean Sea now has a huge impact in Greece's favour. And you know, Turkey doesn't have them. So now Turkey was looking at, well, we need high-generation fighter jets. So now they're looking at importing some tech from places like Russia for their new stealth aircraft. It's all over the so place. So Finland is 100% in NATO. They, so they need to still get like the official tap on the head, but all 30 countries have agreed okay, to so let them in. They're in NATO. Finland touches a very large Huge chunk amount. of... In Huge. Russia. Yeah. It's been contested right. for a long time. Can we, can we, we got to throw a map of it on screen, please? Because a lot of people probably don't realize how big the f-ing border between Huge. Finland and Russia is. It's massive. Yeah. It's not small. And just saying that, it's also in a part of Russia that is actually fairly densely populated. Yep. It is not like in the northwestern or northeastern part of Russia where you're like, who the f*** lives there? Yeah. Nobody it's else. a very important part of Russia. Yeah, it's a very good part of it's a part of Russia that like I like the throws. I mean, there's some really cool. I, I mean, I'm a big World War II buff, but some of the stuff that they've they've, they've done inside of that area is pretty. Well, it's pretty pretty crazy. We also look at that sea that they're now. So there's I'm not even sure what it would be called just below Finland, Sweden. Um, um, I don't know. that they're now calling the NATO pond because of course it has expanded NATO's control of that as well, being where Russia can bring in and out things like warships, boats, whatever. So. That as well. Finland still has, contested is the wrong word, but there's a lot of ground in Russia that Finland would still say is theirs. Now, I'm not exactly sure on if Finland had to say, hey, that's not our land, because as far as I know, to join NATO, you can't have any contested 
areas of border. I'm not sure if that goes historically as well, but Finland lost a lot of their land uh, as well to Russia at, um, coming out of World War II. Baltic Sea. Baltic Sea. So at the end of the day, Finland, well, Finland, I've been to Finland, man. Finland is my favourite country to visit in the world. Well, I haven't been to Finland. It's awesome. Um, I love Belgium. If yeah. you live in Belgium and watching this, I absolutely love Belgium. But I love Belgium because of World War II. Now, the thing about the the Baltic Sea is St. Petersburg is in the Baltic Sea. Yes. Like, I don't know. If they, I hope people can realize how big this I mean, it's huge. And now we have somebody on our side. So we get a high, We have people down under. Yeah. We have people down up the north. The thing is, Finland, like at the end of the day, Finland wasn't like Ukraine where, you know, it was like no part of NATO. Finland, although they weren't an official NATO member, they had all these things signed of defense and whatever against like purely you know and they have a solid military country. they have a solid military very solid military. Yeah, well, this is, look at it like this like they had you know f-35 fighters not in nato it's a bit like australia australia's not nato because we're not north atlantic but we have all this other sign that if australia got invaded very quickly every country would be like well we have to uphold this so it's more of just you know a pat on the back and change your maps but finland was always going to be Defended as well. So you've so so Norway, there's that tiny border to the very, very far north, and now that border all the way down to basically St. Petersburg is now NATO, which you know Russia sort of fed themselves there if, if the goal was to get that off off their border. So it's changed massively. But Finland also have national service as well, so every male needs to go into service. So they have a very big military, very yeah, very strong military as well. Great country if you ever get to go there. All right, well, I hope you guys did enjoy this late episode. I'm, uh, we're back at it. we got another week with Willie. Then I'll be here with you guys with, I don't know what I'm going to do without you. I'm probably just going to have to give you my channel and just say, get after it, buddy. I, I'm here for you at this point. Like everything, <laughs> I, I just need to keep you in my life. But I do appreciate you guys. Thank you so much. Maybe this week will be a big week. Who, who honestly, who knows? All right.